Tonight, I'm going to talk to you about the subject of peace. How many of you want to have peace in your life? I know I do. Amen? We all want to live a life of peace. We want to live at a state of peace. And as long as I've been working at the church and talking to people and had friends and just done counseling and different things, the thing that never ceases to amaze me is that there are so many Christians walking around who are not at peace. They're just not at peace. Their lives, no matter how long they've been in church, no matter how much they pray, no matter how well they know the word, they're what? They're in a state of chaos. They're in a state of turmoil. I think a lot of people would describe it as a life of drama, right? A lot of people just say things like, I mean, especially women, they're like, oh my gosh, my life has so much drama. I just can't take this drama anymore. We turn on the TV and we watch reality TV and what is it? All drama right? But that is not the life that God called us to live. God wants us to live a life of peace. The Bible definition of peace is health, prosperity, and every good thing. Health, prosperity, and every good thing. So if you stop and you think about it for a minute, when your life is not at peace, you're either not healthy or not, pros not prospering or your life is full of bad things, right? Or maybe a little bit of bad things, but you're not at peace. And the Bible says that God wants us to live a life of peace. He wants us to live a life of health, a life of prosperity, and he wants us to have every good thing. Well, Shannon, no matter how much I go to church or how much I pray or no matter what I do, my life is still so full of drama. It's still full, so full of chaos. You know, I thought when I became a Christian, the drama would end. But that's not how it works, ladies, obviously. Right? Obviously. So tonight we're going to talk about what we can do to live a life of peace, to come to a place where we're actually walking in a, in a life of peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Therefore, when you accepted Jesus, you were given the gift of peace. But you may not be living in peace. You see, in order to have a life of peace, you must choose a lifestyle of peace. One of the biggest misunderstandings, and if you've been here some of the times I've taught at church, I've touched on this, is that we think that when we become a Christian that everything in our life just kind of falls into order. But that's not the way it works. When we accept Jesus as our personal Savior, what happens is, is that we gain eternal life. We then gain access to the abundant life. John 10.10 10 says, I came to give you life and life more abundantly. What that's talking about is that Jesus came to give you the life that God wants you to have. So when you accept Jesus, you then have access to the life that God wants you to have. But what you don't have is the life that God wants you to have. It doesn't happen instantly. What you gain is eternal life. But our walk with God is a walk of action. It requires us to do things. It requires us to take action and to step into the abundant life. You see, it's not going to just appear before you. You have to choose it. Last week in a church, Jared was teaching about choosing life or death. The Bible says, I lay before you life and death. Choose life. 
He's not talking just there about your eternal life. He's talking about every day. He's talking about every area of your life. So if you wanna live a life of peace, you have to choose a life of peace. You have to go after a life of peace. You have to seek a life of peace. You have to pursue a life of peace. It's not gonna just appear to you. Your relationship with God is one that requires action. You see, you must step into a place of security in your relationship with God. Most Christians live their entire life in a place of insecurity with God. They understand that they're going to go to heaven one day, but from now until they get there, they're insecure with God. They walk every day thinking, am I good enough? Have I done enough? Is this thing I did going to screw it up? Did I pray enough? Did I come to church enough? Maybe God's not blessing me financially because I haven't given enough or because I didn't go to church enough or because I did something really stupid last night. You must begin to walk confidently in your relationship with Christ. You must begin to get firmly fastened to Christ. Not kind of fastened to him, not hanging on by a thread. You must become firmly fastened to him. You must stake your claim to what is yours. You see, you have a blood-bought right tonight to prosperity. You have a blood-bought right tonight to dominion. You have a blood-bought right tonight to health. You have a blood-bought right tonight to purpose. You have a blood-bought right tonight to every good thing from God, amen? To every good thing from God. Amen. And every good thing from God is there for peace. So you have a blood-bought right to, pre to peace. But in order to have it, you have to begin to choose it. You have to begin to go after it. You see, when you're insecure about your standing in Christ, you are not at peace. If I'm not secure about where I stand in my relationship with Christ, where I stand in my covenant with Christ, then I'm not at peace. To live a life of peace, you must choose to go after it. The Bible tells us that we must aggressively pursue peace. Aggressively pursue peace. Now listen, whatever's in the Bible is factual, amen? He wouldn't tell us to go after peace if we were just going to get peace. You've got to understand this before we go further. You see, Jesus is the prince of peace. And when you received him as your savior, he became the, your prince of peace. You now have access to peace because you are in him and he is in you. However, in order to live in peace, you must pursue peace. You must go after peace. You must seek peace. The Bible commands us over and over and over. Hebrews 12, 14 says, pursue peace. Pursue peace. Strive to live in peace. The word strive there means to follow, pursue, and make every effort. So the Bible is commanding us to follow peace, to pursue peace, to make every effort to live in peace. 1 Peter 3.10 says, He who would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. Let him seek peace and pursue it. Psalm 34, 14 says, depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. So over and over and over in the scripture, we see that we are to 
seek peace, that we are to pursue peace. Again, whatever is in the word is there for a reason. It's there because that is what you are supposed to do. So if you've been at home and you've been praying a prayer like many of us do, saying, oh, dear Jesus, please give me peace. Please give me peace. I need peace about this situation. I need peace about what to do. I need peace in my life. I need peace with my husband. And it's not happening. This is why. Because the Bible says you must pursue it. You must go after it. You must seek it. Therefore, that tells me that it requires an action. Amen? It means I have to do something in order to get it. I can't just sit back there praying and expect that it's going to happen. That's not the way the kingdom of God works. That's not the way your relationship with God works. Now, there are moments of divine intervention where God miraculously steps into your life. I experienced that. The night of my mom's funeral, I was in the back of the car and I, I, I was shaking. I, I didn't think I could come here and speak. And, and I prayed and I said, God, you have to do something. I need peace. And literally in that moment, something came inside me and I was calm. That was a divine intervention. It was a moment, but it doesn't affect my entire life. In order to walk in peace and live a life of peace, I must pursue peace. It requires an action from me. So tonight, we're going to talk about how to be a woman of peace. We're going to talk about how to actually live a life of health, a life of prosperity, and how to enjoy every good thing from God. Amen. How many of you want to experience that? Amen. Amen. The dictionary definition of peace says a state of harmony. It's a state of harmony. So to live a life of peace, then that means that we're living in a state of harmony. So we're in a state or a place of peace when we have harmony with God, harmony with ourselves, and harmony with others. If you're taking notes, you need to write that down. There's three areas of life that you must be at peace in order to live a life of peace. You must be at harmony with yourself, at harmony with God, and at harmony with others. How do I come to a place of peace with God? Romans 5.1 says that therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So see, when you accepted Jesus Christ, you were given access to peace with God. But you must take the step of trusting God through your relationship in Jesus Christ. Listen to what I'm saying. You must trust God through your relationship in Jesus Christ. Accepting him as your Lord and Savior wasn't enough. You must trust him. He is the Prince of Peace. He wants to be Lord of your life. Not just Lord of your life so that you have an eternal existence with him. Lord of your life right now in this very moment. Right now in whatever's going on, in whatever situation. Right now in your mind. Right now in your heart. Right now in your soul. He must be Lord of your life. You must submit every single part of you to Jesus. You must submit every single part of you to the word of God. The foundation for a life of peace with Christ is to submit your will. You must submit your will, not part of it, all of it. You must submit every part of you. It's amazing how many people come to know Christ and they pick and choose areas of the word to submit to. They come to church and they come every week, but they don't give. Or they write big checks, 
but they don't come to church. Or they're serving in church, but they're still sleeping with their boyfriend. They pick and choose parts of the word to submit to. You see, to live a life of peace, you must submit your will 100%, every single part of who you are to him. Amen? Amen. That's not an easy thing to do. And listen, if you're failing at it, if you're struggling with it in some area, it's okay because God loves you no matter what. He loves you no matter what. There is nothing, absolutely nothing that can separate you from the love of Christ, no matter what it is. Amen. But if you want to come, you see, if you want to come to a better life in Christ, if you want to come to a place of Christ, a place of peace in your relationship with Christ, you must submit your will. You see, Christ is everything that we need in all situations. 1 Corinthians 1.30 says, But of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So Christ is our wisdom. He is in us. We must pursue him. We must pursue the Prince of Peace. We must pursue him in our life. We must submit to him and allow him to govern our life. Isaiah 9 talks about, um, it's, I'll just read it to you. It says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. You see, the more that you allow Jesus to govern your life, the more peace you will have. The more of your will that you submit to him, the more peace you will have. When you trust Jesus and allow him to govern your life, then you allow for peace because he is the prince of peace to become the umpire or the ruler of your life. But again, it's about trust. It's about more than saying, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. It's about more than saying, I want to walk with you one day in heaven. No, it's about today. It's about right now in this moment. You must submit to him and say, I'm going to allow you to govern my life. I'm going to submit every single part of me to you. And not just when it's bad. You see, Christians are famous for this. When the doctor tells them they have cancer, what do they do? They run and they get on their knees and they cry and they pray. They pull out their Bible and they start confessing and they're speaking and they're reading. And they come to every single service and they have every spiritual person they know pray for them. But that's not the way you're going to live at peace. If you want to live at peace, you have to submit to him all the time. You have to give your will to him in every area of your life. The good, the bad, the ugly. You have to submit it and you have to say, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to allow you to be my prince of peace. You see, a prince is a ruler. A prince is a ruler. So therefore, if Jesus is going to be your prince of peace, you must allow him to rule your life, to rule your heart, to rule your mind, to rule your body. Amen? You must allow him to rule you. When we allow Christ to be the prince of peace, God will then begin to lead us and order our steps. 
The next person that you must be at peace with is yourself. So we're at peace with him and now we need to be at peace with me. This for women is one of the hardest areas. For some reason, the devil attacks us about ourselves. No one eats us up more about who we are than ourselves. Women are just famous for being insecure. They beat themselves up. They choose to look at themselves and, and not see themselves the way God created them to be. This is a dangerous path to go down, ladies. Romans 8, 6 says, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. You see, if my mind is not focused on what the word says about me, then I'm choosing death. I must choose to be spiritually minded. So how do I stay at peace with myself? Look, I'm gonna give you some real practical stuff. These are things that you can look at in your life, but they, they'll make sense to you because sometimes we're not at peace because of all the junk we allow into our life. Number one, you gotta get it together, ladies. You gotta get it together. See, if you don't have it together, you can't complain or expect things to be different. You can't. You got to get organized. Look, I know this is practical and people have probably told you this, but think about it. If you're not organized, your life is chaotic. If you're late to work every morning because you can't find your stuff, your life is chaotic. If you didn't get to make your kids the breakfast they wanted because you didn't plan out the morning, your life is chaotic. You got to get organized. You got to learn to say no. You got to learn to say no. Look, because women struggle with being insecure, they want to be all people to everyone, okay? We want to do everything we can to please everybody. And you know what? That, it never fails that that just blows up in our face. It's not going to work. You're going to let them down more. We're afraid to tell them no because we don't want to let them down. But let me tell you, the, the letdown of thinking it's actually going to happen and it doesn't, is a lot worse. There's nothing worse than a little kid being told by their parent that they're going to get to go to Disneyland and the time comes and they don't get to go. Just surprise them. Right? If you're not sure you can do it, don't commit to it. You got to learn to say no. It, saying no is not a failure. It's not a weakness. It's being honest. It's being dependable. You've got to be dependable. You've got to learn to enjoy the moments in your life. Don't let them just fly by. Don't let them. When I was growing up, you know, people used to always laugh at my mom. And I'll tell you why. I'll give you an example. The day that I was graduating from high school, I was graduating in our old sanctuary. And... Um, my mom made the biggest deal about everything, okay, everything. Many of you knew her. Everything was a big deal. I was in the, we had a little back area where my family was, and I was in there getting dressed. 
And all of a sudden, there's a knock on the door of the bathroom. We had a pretty large bathroom. And, and I said, yeah, and it was my mom. She says, Shannon, are you dressed? And I'm like, well, yeah. I mean, I wasn't like dress, dress. I'm thinking my mom's coming in. So I opened the door, and here comes like, like our video team, like in the bathroom with me. Okay, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so embarrassing. They're all in there. I have like curlers in my hair. My makeup's not done. I'm like... Oh my goodness, but you know what? She was enjoying the moment. She was savoring the moment. That's who my mom was. And listen, if you wanna be at peace, then you gotta stop and you gotta take in the moments because you know what? No matter where your life is at, God is doing something good in your life and you gotta find it. Amen? You've got to find it. If you're a mom, no matter how busy you are, no matter how stressed you are, no matter how much pressure you're under, no matter what your financial situation is, it doesn't cost you anything to sit there with your little kid and pay attention to the moment. You have to take the time. You have to savor the moment. You can't brush people off. You can't brush the gifts that God brings into your life off. You can't think there's going to be a next time. You have to savor them. You have to stop and enjoy life. Amen? When you do that, your perspective will begin to change. You'll begin to recognize that your life is a lot better than it was. You'll begin to understand that you're a lot better at things than, than you may think. You know, I've had moments since I had my baby, and I'll be honest with you, where I wonder, am I doing the right thing? Am I a good mom? Because my mom's not here to tell me. But you know what? I know I am. You know why? Because two nights ago, I sat on the floor, and that little girl, she just lights up every time she sees me. She reaches for me. She grabs for me. When I walk in the room, she immediately turns for me. That's how I know, because I'm able to see the moment. You have to stop. You have to enjoy the moments that come into your life so that you don't get a skewed perspective of who you are, so you don't get a skewed perspective of what your life is. You also have to remember that the Bible says in Ecclesiastes that to everything there is a season. So if you're in a moment in your life that isn't what you want it to be, it's a season. It's going to pass. You must prioritize your time. You must prioritize your attention. And you must prioritize your, eval your commitments. Amen? Amen? Learn to say no. You must learn to love yourself. You must learn to love yourself. Listen, the Bible says that you were created in his image. You were created in his image. When you accepted Jesus into your heart, you became a new creation. Right now, sitting wherever you are, God sees you the same way that he sees Jesus. Because you are in him and he is in you. Therefore, you are a new creation. You are perfect in him. You are complete in him. You are whole in him. You may not be perfected, but you are perfect in Christ Jesus. Amen? So you must love yourself. Now listen, loving yourself is a choice. 
There's things about me I don't like. There's things I want to be better at. Every single one of us has that. But I love who I am in Christ Jesus. I celebrate who I am in Christ Jesus. I celebrate my uniqueness. I quit trying to copy everyone else. I quit trying to compare myself to everyone else. I'm not going to look around and say, I wish I had her life. I wish I had her car. I wish I had married someone like she did. No, I'm going to take ownership of the life that I have, the life that God has given me, the qualities, the strengths. Amen. You have to own who you are and you have to like it. You have to love it. If you have a weakness, get better. Quit complaining about it. Quit comparing yourself. Get better. Do something about it. Get better. If you feel insecure about the way you look, get healthy. Get on a diet. Quit being jealous of the people around you. Take ownership. Don't compare yourself. But listen, don't, don't look at who the gifts and the talents that, that God gave you and say, gosh, I wish I had someone else's gifts and talents. No, he gave you those gifts and talents for a very specific reason. Go find your purpose and use them. Amen. Quit trying. Amen. Quit trying to copy someone else's. Believe me, every time I come to church, I sit down there and I think, gosh, I wish I could sing. (laughs) I do. (laughs) But you'll never find me up here trying. (laughs) Because I know it's not my gift. It's not my talent. Every time Emory starts her little baby singing, all the Neemans pray that someone in this family is going to be a worship leader. This is not a joke. Two nights ago, she was on the counter. I was changing her diaper and she started and my dad said, gosh, wouldn't it be awesome if she could sing? (laughs) He did. I said, yeah, let's just confess it. You're gonna be a great singer. (laughs) Right? Take ownership of your gifts. Celebrate that you're in Christ. Walk confidently that you're in him and he's in you. Amen? Amen. Don't allow yourself to make comparisons. You've got to take care of yourself. You've got to choose to be healthy. If you want to be at peace with who you are, if you want to be at peace with me, say, I want to be at peace with me. Then I need to take care of myself. I need to sleep right, I need to eat right, I need to be healthy, I need to manage my stress. This is all practical stuff, but it's true. You gotta take responsibility for every area of your life. Finally, you must see yourself as God sees you. You must choose to see yourself as God sees you. You must renew your mind. Listen, I've taught on this before. Every single one of us struggles in our mind. We struggle constantly with thoughts, thoughts that tell us I'm, in, I'm, I'm, too, I'm not smart enough, I'm not pretty enough, I'm not talented enough, I'm unwanted, I'm unneeded, I'm not qualified enough. Isaiah 26, three says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. You must take those negative thoughts captive. 
You must take them and you must rebuke them from your life. And the way you do that is that you go to the word and you find the word that is contrary to those negative thoughts. So if you think you're dumb, then you confess, I have the mind of Christ. And you confess it. You say, I am not dumb. I have the mind of Christ. And I confess it over and over and over and over and over and over and over until I convince myself that I'm smart. And a month later, when I start wondering if I really am smart, I confess it again. I have the mind of Christ in Jesus' name. I was created in his image, therefore my mind functions perfectly in Jesus' name. I have the mind of Christ in Jesus' name. I am smart, I'm capable, I'm empowered. Through him I can do all things because God is on my side, amen? Amen. You must renew your mind. You must begin to see yourself as God sees you. You see, tonight, he is not looking at you, seeing you as unqualified or unneeded or unwanted. He's looking at you and he's seeing you as empowered, as bold, as a woman of purpose, as somebody who can make a difference, as somebody who can change people's lives. That's how he sees you. You must see yourself as he sees you. Amen. The next person you must be at peace with is other people. So my, I must be at peace with him, I must be at peace with me, and I must be at peace with you. You have to live at peace with other people. To be at peace with other people, you must be humble. You must be humble. The opposite of humility is pride, and the Bible clearly says in Proverbs 16, 18, that pride comes before a fall. So you must be humble in order to be at peace with others. This is a tricky area because you see, a lot of times we focus on our strife with other people and we find reasons for why they're the problem. Right? A lot of you probably are going to go home tonight and you're going to look at your husband and you're going to think... This is all you. (laughs) That's not going to work. If you want to be at peace with others, you must humble yourself. You must humble yourself. You cannot be prideful. You must confront bad behavior in other people, but you must do it in a gentle and loving way. You see, two wrongs don't make a right. Attacking a person and putting them down doesn't make it right. No matter what they've done, you must confront them in a loving way. You must maintain realistic expectations for people. And here's a newsflash, ladies. A realistic expectation is not necessarily what you've decided they should be. It's not. Look, I'm blessed in the other way because I have realistic expectations for my husband and he just like totally exceeded them when this baby was born. I mean, he stays up all night with her. He won't even let me get up to take care of her. He changes her diapers. He gives her baths. He takes her swimming. He does all the fun stuff and he does it without ever being asked. He's exceeded my expectations. Amen. But listen, there's, there's a lot of people in life that look at, at, 
and I'm talking about people that you deal with all the time, your kids, your husband, your families, your boss, your friends, and you decide who they should be. You determine that they must act a certain way. You set these expectations, and when they don't do it, you're upset. You're not at peace with them. Well, listen, you're never going to come to peace because they are creatures of their own free will. You can't make them be who you want them to be. You've got to learn to accept people. You've got to learn to embrace people. You've got the same way you have to embrace your own uniqueness. You have to embrace theirs. You can't have unrealistic expectations. You've got to take what, for, what people have to offer. Look, years ago, and I remember it clearly, I was probably, I don't know, 14 years old. We used to have this process here at the church to be a volunteer that was so complicated. You had to come to church for months and months and months. You had to attend classes for weeks and weeks and weeks. And then you could finally become a volunteer. And then when you finally did it, you had to commit to do it all the time. And guess what? We didn't have very many volunteers. <laughs> and it was like one day everyone had like a newsflash. Hey, why do we need the same person all four weeks out of the month? What if they just come once a month and then someone else comes once a month? Because most people can't commit to that. And the whole process began to get changed. And today we have thousands of people volunteering. Why? Because we had to take them for what they could offer. We had to accept that instead of trying to force what we wanted them to be down their throat. So the people that are in your life, if you want to be at peace with them, you have to take them for what they can offer you. If you want something more from them, you got to believe God that they're going to grow and develop and want to offer more. And let me tell you, that's exactly what happens. People sign up here all the time to volunteer and they say, I'll do it once a month. And before you know it, a year down the road, they're serving every single week. And five years down the road, they're serving multiple services a week. Why? Because they grow and they develop. You have to do the same thing in your relationships with people. You have to take them for what they have to offer. If you don't, you will constantly be disappointed. You will constantly be unhappy. When we're fighting and in strife with others, we grieve the Holy Spirit. I'm going to read you Ephesians 4 verse 30 out of the Message Bible. It says, don't grieve God. Don't break his heart. Make a clean break with all cutting, backbiting, profane talk. Be gentle with one another. Be sensitive. Forgive one another as quickly and thoroughly as Christ forgave you. The Bible commands us to not be in strife. If you're at a place of strife with people in your life, you are not going to live a life of peace. You must forgive. Well, Shannon, you don't know what they did to me. It doesn't matter what they did to you. You must forgive. But you don't understand they've done it to me over and over. It doesn't matter how many times they've done it. You must forgive. The Bible commands you to forgive. The Bible says you must forgive over and over and over and over. You cannot be in a place of strife. You cannot live that way. You must learn to admit when you're wrong. If you want to be at peace with other people, you've got to humble yourself and admit when you're wrong. 
Look, if you're having marital problems, if you're having problems with your kids, it's never, ever, ever gonna get better if you won't admit when you're wrong. It doesn't matter how wrong your husband is. You have to admit when you're wrong. You have to. There's no shame in that. There's no fault in it. It's actually a great strength. Truly great leaders, successful people admit when they're wrong. Why? Because then they make a change and they head in the other direction. People who don't admit they're wrong keep making the same mistakes over and over because they're so prideful, they walk down the same path over and over and over and over. If you want a different life, if you want a life of peace with others, you have to be willing to say, I screwed it up. But guess what? I'm gonna make it better. You see, you have to be able to admit when you're wrong. First Corinthians 13 says, love doesn't demand its own way. You must be willing to change yourself for peace. Romans 12, 18 says, if it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Live peaceably with all men. There's a lot of people that come into our lives that we can choose to be angry at, that we can choose to be upset at, but we can just as easily choose to be at peace with them. We can just as easily choose to forgive. You see, I have control of my life. And if you're a bad, negative person, I don't have to let you have an impact on my life. I can put boundaries as to how much access you have to my life. I can control the, the power you have in my life. But I don't have to be angry at you. I don't have to be at strife with you. I can be at peace with you. I can continue to show love to you. I can continue to believe that you're going to get better one day. You must choose to be at peace with others. Matthew's five, Matthew 5, 9 says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall become sons of God. The most powerful position you can be in, in a bad relationship, is to be the peacemaker. To be the one who stands up and says, you know what? I'm choosing to let this go. I'm choosing to love you. I'm choosing to be at peace with you. I may not agree with what you're doing. I may not like what you're doing, but I'm going to be a peacemaker. I'm not, I'm going to shut up. I'm going to quit trying to prove my point. I'm just going to be a peacemaker. I'm going to choose to be a peacemaker. The Bible said, blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the people who bring harmony. That's what that means. The people who come in and say, okay, enough's enough. It doesn't matter who's right or wrong. Let's just be at harmony. Let's forgive. Let's move on. Let's, let's let go of the strife. Let's be at peace. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. If you want to be at peace with others, you must always speak good things. You must speak positive things. You can't criticize. You can't slander. You can't gossip. Ladies, if you make a habit of gossiping, you must stop. The Bible says that you will reap what you sow. 
you will reap what you sow. So if you're hurt by things people are saying about you, you better darn sure make sure you're not saying stuff about other people. Amen? Because you will reap what you sow. You must edify. You must praise. You must guard your heart. But you must always guard other people as well. You must choose to fill your life with positive things. And the way to do that is to encourage the people around you. You must encourage them. You know, since my mom passed, I've had so many, pe- so many people, it's, it's just endless, come up to me and say, you know, your mom told me I could get a better life. She told me I could get a better job. She told me I was smart enough to go back to school. She told me I could lose 50 pounds. She told me I could teach children's church one day. And you know what? Because she edified them, because she praised them, because she, she built them up no matter what she was looking at. And believe me, People come in and they tell you about all the problems they have and the weaknesses they have and the hateful things that they do. And and I guarantee you that my mom looked at them and said, it doesn't matter because you know what? You're in Christ now and in him you can become perfected because he sees you as complete and whole. Therefore, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to worry about that. I'm going to choose to be a peacemaker here. I'm going to choose to build you up. I'm going to choose to edify you. I'm going to choose to tell you that I see you the way I know God sees you. You, ladies, have so much impact on people's lives. What you say can make or break someone. What you say can determine your child's future. What you say can decide whether or not your children will be a success or a failure, whether they will have a blessed life or a bad life, whether they will be do something with their life or sit at home and let it pass by. You better choose to build, choose to edify, choose to lift them up, choose to see them the way God sees them. Amen? So tonight... We're out of time. I have a whole, a whole lot more message here. Tonight I challenge you that if you want to have a life of peace, you must pursue it. We read scripture after scripture that tells us I must pursue peace. I must seek peace. I must go after peace. You must take ownership for your life tonight. You must decide tonight that you're going to choose to live a life of peace. Amen. That you're going to choose to allow the prince of peace to rule and govern your life. That you're going to choose to live to be at peace with him. That you're going to choose to live to be at peace with yourself. And that you're going to choose to live to be at peace with others. Amen. Amen. Well, did you enjoy that? Amen. I was in the back tonight and I I was just praying a little bit before the service and I really felt that God put it on my heart that there's some women who are here tonight that are so far down in a tunnel on themselves that they just feel so depressed and so insecure and so negative about who they are that they need like a jump start to get out of it. If that's you, 
If you're here tonight and you would say, Shannon, I'm just, my whole life is, I'm just filled with guilt. I'm filled with shame. I feel insecure. I don't think anybody wants me. I just, I hear what you're saying, but I can't seem to find a place where I could see myself the way God sees me. Then I want to pray for you. And if that's you, I want you to stand up and come down here because we're going to pray. And I believe that just like I told you, I had that moment in the car the night of my mom's service. I believe you're going to have a supernatural intervention from God. Amen. He's going to come in and he's going to grant you peace. So if that's you, would you just make your way down here? Listen, there's nothing to be ashamed of. Come down here. If you need peace. Ladies, if you leave here knowing anything, anything at all, maybe you heard parts of what I said, maybe you got part of it, maybe you didn't, I don't know, sometimes when you come and you listen to messages, you pick up on certain things, I want you to listen to me so clearly right now. You must leave here tonight knowing this, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter who you are, what you've done, where you've been, how many times you've done it. It doesn't matter who you're going home to. None of it matters. Not one single part of it. Tonight, the Prince of Peace is seated on the throne of grace. Okay? And he sees you complete, perfect, whole. He sees you divine and full of grace. He sees you empowered and clothed in majesty and glory. He sees you as capable. He sees you as smart enough. He sees you as strong enough. He sees you as successful enough. He sees you as, as accomplishing so much. Leave here knowing that. Leave here knowing that he loves you in a way that is beyond anything you could possibly comprehend. Tonight he's sitting there and what he does not see is your weakness. What he does not see is your sin. What he does not see is your guilt or shame. What he does not see is your lack. He sees you as perfect in him. So choose, listen, it's a, it's a choice, it's a life of action. Choose tonight, choose tonight to see yourself the way God sees you. To accept the way he sees you and to see yourself that way. And tomorrow when you wake up and those negative thoughts come back and those negative feelings come back and those, those insecurities come back, just tell him, you know what, shut up. I see myself the way God sees me. He created me in his image. I'm complete in him. No weapon formed against me can prosper. I can do all things through him. Amen? See yourself that way. Amen? Amen. With the rest of you, just reach your hands out. We're going to pray for them. Father, in the name of Jesus, I lift up each woman that came down here tonight. I'm asking you to move in each one of their lives. I speak peace into their lives in every area. I rebuke insecurity. I rebuke doubt. I rebuke guilt. I rebuke shame. I rebuke 
fear. I rebuke worry. I rebuke lack. I rebuke every evil thought that is in their mind. And I command those things to be subject to the word of God. I command them to be subject to our new creation identity in Christ. I thank you, Father, that each one of these ladies is going to experience a supernatural intervention in their hearts and minds tonight. I thank you that they're going to leave here truly walking in what you call a peace that passes all understanding. Strengthen them so that tomorrow when they wake up, next week when they wake up, they are reminded of your amazing grace. They are reminded of their identity in you. They are reminded of who they are in Christ. I speak purpose over their life. I thank you, Father, that you direct them to walk down the path and the destiny that you have laid before them. Thank you, Jesus, for your supernatural peace that passes all understanding. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Father, for it and for the victories we know are to come. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more information on teaching materials or questions about our church, please visit us at alfc.com or charlesneeman.com.